Welcome to Dr. Green Speaks. What's up, family? You know who I be. It's the kid again, Dr. Green. Yeah, you heard of me. Listen. Bridging the gap between scholars. Read more books than the curriculum profile. Doctors, athletes, and pop culture influencers. <laughs> Major show alert. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. And now, Dr. Green Speaks. Bring them out. What's up, family? You know who it is. It's the kid again, Dr. Green. Yep, in the basement like Tigger. You heard of me. Listen, today I have for you my brother, Dr. Samad Keys, who is a program officer at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. But before we get there, he's an alpha. He's a Morehouse College graduate. That's right. He's a graduate of UGA, and he's an expert in the areas of diversity, equity, and inclusion. He's an educator of the first order. My brother, Dr. Samad Keys. How are you doing today, my dear brother? I am doing exceptionally well. It's Friday. I got my hair cut. Uh, I did some work. I had a productive week. Uh, I'm sipping on some sparkling wine uh, because I felt like I needed to mellow myself out because you're going to give me a lot of energy <laughs> this afternoon. <laughs> Someone's got to stay calm. <laughs> no, I, I just wanted to just to reiterate how, what a, what an honor and a privilege it is to be able to sit down with you and how much I, I, I very much appreciate you sharing your time. Um, and I just want to get right so, so we have, right, Dr. Keys here, but can you tell me a little bit about how your story began? Like, wh- where does Dr. Keys start? That's a good question. I know we only have a l- little bit of time, uh, so I'll try not to give you the long-winded version. Um, I grew up in Patterson, New Jersey, uh, probably about 20 minutes outside of Newark. Um, you hear I say Newark, not Newark. Just so <laughs> like every- just so we're clear, Newark, Delaware, and there's Newark, New Jersey. Newark. Uh, Newark, yes. N-O-R-K, <laughs> Newark. Newark. Um, I grew up in Patterson. Um, I was the first of, I guess, my mother's three children. My, my father had some other kids, but I was raised primarily by my grandmother. Um, I, I guess if I had to go back to where it all started, um, I grew up in an interesting time. I feel like, you know, I I hear a lot of old heads always say, oh, times are different now. Yeah, I don't know what it was like when we did this and that. And I'm like, well, damn, I feel like I experienced that too, right? You know, so, and I'm not that old, but mm-hmm. I, I grew up in a school system where I shared teachers with my mother, right? Uh, some of the teachers were my mother's teachers. I grew up in a school system where, uh, in fact, one year I had one of my mother's old textbooks in elementary school, what? right? Um, I grew up in a school system where, um, you know, we we struggled, right? We all were at low income families. We I lived, grew up in the projects, right? Um, and so it was it was interesting. Just you know, I didn't know any 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 more than I guess I didn't know what I didn't know, right? Um, interestingly enough, I always thought that education was going to be the thing that kind of got me out. Uh, in fact, uh, for my dissertation back in 2014, I actually dedicated it to the little boy. He used to sit out at the window trying to figure out what was beyond the trees mm-hmm. um, because we lived on the 11th floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so all I could see from our apartment 
was a bunch of trees. And I'm like, well, damn, what the hell is beyond there? And I want to go beyond that, beyond there, right? Because I see everybody felt like they were stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of use education as my vehicle to kind of get out. But I would say I didn't use it. I think everybody else saw my potential. And so the village saw we got one, right? Uh, and the village kind of navigated me into different spaces. So I give all the credit to the phenomenal educators along the way that pretty much said, um, hey, you don't need to be doing that. You need to come to my office and have lunch. Like that was my vice principal in elementary school. So I'm in fourth grade and she's like, you don't need to be doing that. Uh, come to my office and get a book from the library. We're going to like, we'll read it together. And um, and so that sparked my interest. And I can remember saying to my grandmother, even as I was growing, getting older, and I guess I knew how to articulate things a little bit better, but not so well. Uh, I said, Grandma, I think I'm going to die in school. And so she was like, what the hell are you mean by that? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what I was trying to say was I knew education was going to be important. And I saw I felt like I was always going to be in school somehow, some way I was going to be educating somebody and I was going to be educated. Um, And so uh, you fast forward a little bit more. I went to a performing arts high school in New Jersey, Rosa Parks, uh, Fine Performing Arts High School in Patterson. Uh, That gave me greater exposure. So there I had a chance to perform at Carnegie Hall, West Point. Uh, I actually received an Essence Award in high school for voice. Um, you know, and so those were the things that started gave me, it, it started to expose me beyond those trees. Once again, going back to that little boy, um, going a little bit further, I went to a music conservatory, studied there, uh, realized I didn't want to be there because I didn't want to be the only black guy raising my fist every, every morning on the quad to say, (laughs) this is, this is what black people think today. Um, I also I didn't want to deal with the sort of um, the mental stress that was associated because there was a lot of microaggressions that happened in that particular space. So I transferred to Morehouse. Okay. Um, I ended up going to Morehouse. Um, right. I struggled my ass off during Morehouse. I earned my degree. I'm just going to, I want everybody to know this. I earned my degree. Um, so because, why, 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 why was it such a struggle? Because I was poor going back to, I was, I grew up poor. I was poor. <laughs> I grew up up poor. (laughs) And when I, when I left New Jersey to come to Atlanta, my grandmother, she was so worried. Oh my gosh. When I tell you that woman, she, we left, I left December 27th, 2004. Okay. Um, And I can remember her saying, Hey, I saw these shoes underneath the bed. Do you want these? Like she was looking for a reason to, for me to come back home. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, grandma, if I ain't wore those shoes and uh, since then I ain't wearing them now. Right. Um, but she, she said to me, look, my concern is if you go to Atlanta, if something were to happen, I can't give you $20 to get you back. Like I can from Princeton. Right. So you got to figure this out on your own. Uh, naive me. I was like, oh, I got this. I, got you know, I, I could do this. A couple overdrawn accounts later, right? <laughs> a couple, just a couple, right? I was just like, okay, um, I figured it out. But it was mm-hmm. difficult. It was difficult because I, I was, um, I got to a space where I realized I wasn't the only smart black dude. I, it wasn't just me, right? Like all mm. these dudes were like are, were, were on point. 
And so now I felt like I found my tribe, but I felt like I was I, I was held from my tribe for so long. I didn't even know what to do. Like I'm <laughs> I'm in here like, do I even belong here? Like, I don't know. Mm. So it was a lot. I mean, it was the finances. It was like trying to figure out every year how I was going to pay for school uh, because nobody took it. I took out the loans for myself. Right. Okay. Um, and so there was one year where it was just like, hey, Sally Mae was like, look, <laughs> we really, really, really appreciate all the money you've taken from us but at this point you've crossed over into a risk right <laughs> yeah. so we can't give you no more money and so i was like but wait i'm not even done yet i got like one more year they were like that's that's cool but you're not gonna get that money from us, us. wow so so it was like I, I went scrambling trying to figure out how i was gonna find this money to finish my last year of school because mm -hmm. i knew i like i came to finish and i always said if i didn't finish i wasn't coming back home like y'all mm. were just gonna hear about somebody named Samad that lived up in Jersey, <laughs> came down to Atlanta, never came yeah. back. <laughs> he disappeared. We haven't seen him since at all. Wow. <laughs> so it was. I mean, it was difficult. I can remember graduation day and Morehouse ceremony. They the drums lead us in, mm -hmm. and it's such a oh my gosh. Even thinking about it right now, I'm getting chills. Uh, I can hear the drums leading us in. We're all standing at King Chapel and you see Martin Luther King pointing us in the direction that we're supposed to go. Mm. And we're walking in that direction. We pass, we pass the, the grave sites of uh, Benjamin Elijah Mays and Sadie Mays. So we're paying respect to them. And all you see is the stage and the mm. green. And I can remember breaking down, crying. I like I was standing by myself, right? Like I mean, I was there by myself, and I was standing there. And these two women, because I, I was ugly crying too. Uh, <laughs> these two women was like, "It's okay, baby. Like you, you good. You are. Right. <laughs> give it up for the aunties, right? Let's give it up for the aunties. Yes. But yes. they were like, "You're you're good. Like you you did it." Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Damn, I did." Like, and so that it was it was so much. I mean, I can go on and on about. It was, and it wasn't all struggle. Let me not say it, say it that way. Uh, there were definitely great parts of the experience, but I think because I was a first generation college student, because I grew up in a low income household, uh, because of the fact that, you know, I had to work to put myself through school. Mm -hmm. uh, at that moment, it all came to a head. Like it, before then it was just like, some do what you got to do to get to the point where you right. need to get, right? right? But at that point it was like, it all came to a head and it was like, you did all this and it paid off. That's 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 incredible and and so inspirational. Do you what do you think you had either going in or before that helped you to persevere through the process? Because a lot of people start, you know, college with high aspirations and they you know they go, but a lot of people don't finish. So was there a time when you were in that process where you questioned one, whether or not you were gonna finish? And two, what happened that helped you to persevere, to get through to the, the beautiful finish line that you just described? So the answer to your question, can I curse on this thing? <laughs> well, I, 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 I mean, I already did, so I mean. <laughs> I don't know if you said or not. Oh, okay. So, no. so, well, the question to that, the answer to that is hell yeah, right? There were plenty of times where I where I said <laughs> this wasn't going to work, right? Right, right. Um, and I can remember calling my grandma. So you asked what, what gave me that drive. Mm -hmm. While I know that there were parts of me that gave me that drive, and it probably was just how I was raised, 
to fight through to figure out like the solve this puzzle right that's how my brain works um i can remember one time i called my grandmother i was in the car driving on roswell road in atlanta and she said uh and so we were talking i called my grandmother like every other day so it, it was just a regular day and i was like grandma i'm you know things are getting a little tough here it's getting a little hard uh and i was like i'm gonna take a i think i'm gonna take a break mm. oh my gosh that was the worst this it so if you ever my grandmother is not the feisty grandmother my grandmother is very southern mm -hmm. you know very sweet genteel you know um just the she's the the mother of the the mother hen right mm -hmm. and so the phone had this it went silent like almost like the call dropped right mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden she said you are stupid stupid <laughs> stupid you hear me you are stupid if you drop out of school i said grandma i said i'm not i didn't say i was dropping out i just said i was gonna take a break she said no if you if you take a break you drop it out that's how it all starts that's yeah. how it all starts right and she and i think at that moment what she experienced was she had five children and i can't i remember of my aunts and uncles maybe two two of them went to college uh maybe or started college but didn't finish mm -hmm. and she said i've heard this before Come i'm on. taking a break and and then it never you never go back and so she did not let me well at that point i started bawling out crying i had to pull inside the pro move parking lot mm -hmm. and because i was like having an ugly cry again uh <laughs> and so right. i'm sitting there you know going going in and i think that's what told me i had to finish this right like i've gone through too much in life to not finish this and i need this uh i needed this more than i probably knew i needed it um i needed it because i i mean i had dreams right going back to the boy looking at, over the trees i i needed to fulfill these dreams for that boy i needed to fulfill these dreams for my grandmother i needed to fulfill these dreams for every teacher who who took time out of their schedule to uh, ensure that I stayed on the right track. I needed to fulfill the dreams for all the teachers who and, and, and women who said, hey, I want you to be in this uh, botillion or, or debutante ball, I need you to escort this, like mm -hmm. occupying my time with things that fed my creativity, which mm -hmm. ultimately gave me the drive to wanna do what I'm doing, you know, or you, I guess stay on path. Right, right. Wow. So, no, that's, that's that's such a beautiful um, story, it's, you know, just to know, again, it's just that reminder that there are people, like that there's a village that help us to get to the places that, that we end up, right? And, and, and she was right, because that is what happens. And you know that. I'm I sure know that now, now right? I know that now. Is, I'm going to take a break. And that means we'll see you in about 15 years after you done whatever, and now you're trying to go back to school. So... I guess she had her finger on the pulse of that reality and said, no, no, I'm not going to let you, you know, I'm going to give you the benefit of these, the experience. Like I've seen in essence, this movie before. Yeah. Right. And, and I much. think that's, a, it's just a beautiful, you know, um, it's just beautiful to know that, that so many of us have that story that, you know, whether it was dad or whether it was mama or whether it was grandmama or was big mama that, that some of them may not have accomplished the things that, that we have been able to accomplish, but we wouldn't be here right. if it wasn't for them. Right. right. Wow. No, that, so 
let's talk about Morehouse for a little bit. Let's. I'm, I'm going right. to take you back all there. I'm going right. to take you back all there. Right. right. Hopefully, I don't ugly cry. Ugly cry. So, I think that it's important to 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 discuss the disconnect that that a lot of black people have from heritage a real real heritage real culture real history right mm -hmm. not the curated one that's put you know the hyper violent hypersexual you know we can dance we can sing but from what i understand you're saying that going to morehouse um, you got a very, very intricate education in terms of identity, right? Not just what it means to be you, but what you are supposed to represent, you know, in the world. Is that is that a, is that an accurate assessment? So I think that so the the short answer the short answer to your question is yes. Um, I think that the Growing up in Jersey, I think there weren't there were examples of intelligent men, intelligent black men, but it wasn't sexy. It wasn't the end thing, right? It wasn't it wasn't the it, it was like in, in all honesty, if you were smart and if you showed that you were smart, Come you on. were dubbed as being gay. Come on. Right. And so it was so it was almost like getting there. I saw my place, right? I saw where I like I, I saw something. Um I yeah, it, it just showed me that there was more, that there was more to being there was more to life than and that's this is not no knock to a teacher, preacher, doctor, lawyer, but in the black community, those those professions hold high occupational prestige. Right. But there was so much more. Like one of my great friends went to Morehouse. He said he remembers the first night they were in the dorm. He came from Oakland, California. He said, I think he wanted to be a teacher because that's, you know, when you grow up in the hood, that's what you, you want to be, right? You want to be a teacher. Um, and so he said he was talking to his uh, roommate. His roommate said, I want to be an actuary scientist. And he was like, what the hell is that? Like, like what? And, and so because of because I lacked exposure, I didn't even know this world existed. Right. Um, and I had an inkling of it, right, by watching depictions of Black college life on a different world or even the Cosby show. That was kind of my introduction to it or mm -hmm. school days. Right. Or. Right. Right. And so it was like you had those those sorts of those sorts of things there. I remember I said I wanted to go to um, Hillman, especially <laughs> especially when Claire sung uh, Seeky first at uh convocation i was like oh this is bringing me to hillman. It, it, i, so I want to i started looking for hillman right um but no i i think it it definitely showed me that there was so much more than i knew that my that my family knew um and there i think it helped to groom me into the man that i was supposed to be and so while i won't say i, I won't say morehouse made me right. i'll say morehouse refined me because it's just like a diamond, right? It's like a piece of coal. You have to go through that refinement process to get to that diamond. I think that I came in, you know, very coal adjacent. Uh, I came in very coal adjacent and Morehouse helped to polish me. And once I got through Morehouse, I felt confident enough to walk into any space and know that I belong. Awesome. Now, before that, especially intellectually, right? And so if you ask me to come in and sing and do all this other stuff, I'll be like, oh yeah, I knew I can do that. I can do that with my eyes closed. Um, I think Patterson gave me that confidence to do that, to be in that okay. space, to walk into a room and say, hey, um, 
how are you? What like what's your name? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Morehouse then took me a step further to say, hey, you don't always have to sing and dance to get your point across. Let's go. Right. Let's, Let's use go. your brain. Right. Let, let's figure out how do you use your brain? How do you how do you think critically? Uh, how do you assert yourself intellectually in spaces where people probably don't even want you to be there? Right. Um, and so when I ended up going to graduate school at UGA, that was a test. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I turned down like predominantly white institutions. I didn't want to go there. Mm-hmm. I left a predominantly white institution because I wasn't ready to be there. Mm-hmm. But I, and so people always talk about HBCUs and, oh, they're not giving you a clear sense of the real world. No, it's they're actually training you for the real world. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they're training you for the real world. And while everybody it, it may not reflect society, uh, I guess, society more broadly. What it does is the experiences help prepare you to navigate spaces that you aren't you probably weren't never prepared to navigate in the first place. Mm. Um, and so when I think about Westminster, I wasn't ready to be there. I wasn't ready to be the only black guy in my class. Right. I wasn't ready to feel questions on uh, my hair texture. I wasn't ready to have conversations with my professors around what it was like to live in the ghetto. Right. Uh, mm. But then when I got to Morehouse, it was like. All right. So when you in these situations, this, right. you, this is how you handle this. Right? The answer to this question. Um, and mm-hmm. so and and then when I got to UGA, so UGA was very similar to my I would say my experience at Westminster. Um, and when I went to UGA, it was very much I was the only black guy. Uh, there was another uh, African-American woman uh, who was there. She was part time. I was full time. Uh, it was then the rest were white. And so our professors were white. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I, there were times when I still had that. It takes years to get over the trauma of being told that you're not uh, intellectually equipped. Right. Right. Uh, right. So I wouldn't say I walked into UGA and I was like, I went to Morehouse. And right. because of that, <laughs> I know every damn thing I'm supposed to know. <laughs> right. But right. but I would say that my uh, experience at Morehouse helped me to learn how to stick through how to ask questions, how to be okay with asking questions, mm-hmm. how to be okay with not knowing the answer, but you're going to find out the answer by the end of this session, right? Right. Um, it, it helped me to say, okay, this is a surface level, but how do I dig deeper into a, a, a problem? Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that's one of my, I'm a. I, I, I'm going to just let the people know, I study higher education uh, by by trade. So um, one of the problems I have with higher education right now when we talk about just institutions is that there's some institutions that are training you to be thinkers and there's some institutions that I feel might be training you to be doers. And when mm-hmm. we look at the when we look at the institutions that may be training people to be doers, they actually might be serving large populations of black, Latino and indigenous mm-hmm. uh, and low income students. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I always think about that. And I. I I credit, like I said, my experience at Morehouse to help me look beyond just the surface of the problem, but to ask questions, to dive deeper into something. Um, And it helped me so much more, I would say, than after. Right. And I want to go back to something that you said about being um, the the way some people view intelligence, like in your younger years, right? So they say, if 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 you're smart, articulate you know because that's that dirty word oh i hate that word Uh, yeah i think all of us do you're you know you speak well as if you shouldn't right um and and being seen so you must be gay you know it's also oh you must be soft or you're not cool or there are a lot of ways that that some people disenfranchise you 
on the way up, right? Mm-hmm. To, yeah, it, to sometimes it's your own people too. Listen, sometimes it's your own it's your people. own people, right? And it hurts. And it, it hits different when it's your people. <laughs> is it, no, that's true. That's true. Where where you're seen as you know that there's like there's something wrong with you pursuing education. I know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I kind of face that, you know, just going through like elementary school and junior high school where, you know, I had to, I tried to walk the line between, you know, being in cool, the athlete, whatever, and being a good student. Now I chose to be cool. Like that was, I, I, I was a lot more comfortable not doing well, right? Until, you know, later on in life where you realize that, like you said, people pull you to the side and say, you know, this isn't really you. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. act in it. You, you, I mean, you got the words down, you got the swag down, but you know, there's something that you need to be doing that you're not doing. This ain't you. So I think, you know, again, speaking to the people that step in and make a difference. So tell me, and this is something that, that I've, I've asked other people that I've, that I've interviewed. Tell me about the times when you felt like you weren't going to make it, right? Now, you said there was a time, you know, where you had to call grandma. She said, you know, get it together. But I I think people don't understand how persistent that struggle can be Mm -hmm. from from level to level, from course to course, from school to school, where you find yourself asking, you know, the imposter complex, so to speak, right? How you ask yourself, do I belong here? Can I get this done? Right. And outside of the instance where you called grandma, right? Who shout out to grandma. Shout out what, to grandma. What other methods have you used to push through those times of insecurity and doubt? That's a good question. Um, I think that how do I deal with insecurity? So let me let me break it up. How do I deal with insecurity? Um, I don't know. I don't, cause I don't think <laughs> Listen, I don't I'm think, still dealing with it right now. I, let me, well, let well, well, because I guess I, so here's the thing growing up, um, my mother, and I, I I'm not going to f- quote her because that's going too far over the curse line. Right. <laughs> um, but my mother always reminded me that I was different. And I never really, you know, and as a, as a kid, you, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, everybody, everybody, everybody's mother saying they different. Like, you ain't telling me nothing that nobody else's mother told me. Um, they're like, you're different. She was like, you're different. You um, and for, for that reason, you like people are going to be at you. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and people are going to be, you know, and, and she was telling me stuff that to your earlier point, just around hearing people say, oh, you speak so proper. <laughs> right yeah you, you talk so we've proper, heard that right you know like stuff like that and so and i overheard i remember one of her friends saying one time when she didn't think i could hear oh celeste he's uh you know he oh he's so cute why do you why does he talk white though and as a kid i'm like i ain't talking white i'm just talking the way i i, I y'all send me to school every day to learn english and then i come home and talk it and now you got a problem right um, and so I think my mother reminded me constantly that there will always be people that are going to be, that are going to question your light. They're going to question, 
your light shining, probably because it's shining brighter than theirs, right? Mm. Um, and so she just reminded me to always stay the course, right? Mm-hmm. And all and and I and as once again as a kid, I was just like, oh, you just whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. but as I got older, I realized that that is the case. And not saying that everybody hates, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people do, but not everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just realized that that's kind of, I don't, so when you talk about, you know, I guess dealing with parts of where I'm feeling insecure, I don't know if I ever, I can say I feel insecure. Now, have there been times when I might have like slight mm-hmm. imposter syndrome um, where I'm like, should I be here? Um, I think I have a, like an internal, I have different personalities in me. And so mm-hmm. I can't say that curse word. So let me, uh, <laughs> so my, so the, one of my personalities is like, yeah, you belong here and sit your ass down. Right. right. Uh, and you, and, and we gonna, and we gonna push through. So mm-hmm. I think that I, I, I credit myself, but I also credit just, I, yeah, I credit myself, but it's also just hearing positive affirmation along the way to remind me that, you know, when you're different, everybody's going to be at you a little bit. Mm. Um, and so the second part of your question though, was around, um, Damn, what was it? I I I, don't, I didn't write stuff down today. Right. I ain't, no, I'm not right. I think you may have covered both in that answer, like the way you the way you manage that. Right? Oh, I got manage it. So in grad school, I found it important to um, find networks that fed me, right? Um, and so it was very uh, important for me. Like I, my fraternity was a core part of my graduate experience. My, okay. my my graduate my grad school experience. Um, you have to shout out the fraternity. You got to oh, shout it out. Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, very important in terms of, of getting it, it was so it was so important. I I mean, and those brothers, I am still close with today. We chat, we crack up on a text chain. You know, just checking in. We all live in different places now. But it's just like, you know, we still meant something to each other and we still provide that support. Um, I got so involved in the community, right, Um, because I became chapter president uh, Mm -hmm. of the graduate chapter in Athens. And it was like now I'm learning about the community. I'm learning about people that I want to actually serve through the work that I'm doing. Mm. Um, and so it became like, that's where I started to dive in. I also did things. I'm very artsy. So I always did things that, you know, oh, let me make a new paddle today or, you know, (laughs) or let me go to this dance class today, you know, like stuff like that. Um, so I'm artsy. So as long as I was getting my energy in these other spaces where I knew that this space was draining the hell out of me, Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's how I kept the balance. Right. But I would definitely credit just my frat brothers, family, uh, all those people to come in and say, you know, like, hey, you just need a moment. Like, you want a drink? You want to go grab a drink? Sure, let's go do that. <laughs> right. No, that. So, so that's a that's a great segue because, in you're saying that you learned about, or more about the people that you want to serve, and that's a very very specific term, serve. Right. Can you can you tell the audience a little bit about how that led you or or if it did lead you into this space in terms of diversity equity inclusion belonging justice those kinds of things is that how you started to lean into what would um 
later on be, you know, a part of your life's work? So I think that in the end, I, I, I would say it was a reminder. It was like a milestone. It wasn't how I stumbled in. Okay. Um, I think I grew up in a very black ass house, right? You know, like I got like I, I, I had all types of black music. I had all types of I have an uncle who is like uh the pro blackest of the blackest of the blackest <laughs> right black i mean black 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 black, 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 black. yes yes it, i mean I'm black he, man. <laughs> he used to he used to listen to malcolm x on cassette tapes hand transcribe them and then because he wasn't too keen on the typewriter or the yeah. key uh, or the computer Mm-hmm. I'm aging myself, typewriter. Um, <laughs> but he wasn't too keen on the on the keyboard. We know what you're <laughs> he, Rolodex, you know those words he, that yeah, right that young folks don't know anymore. Um, right. He he would give it to me and say, "Can you type this for me?" So now I have to sit and read everything that was just there, right? And so I realized that there was a problem. I always knew that there was a problem. I wasn't sure how to fix it, right? I just knew I was in the midst of the problem. But I think that as as I got older, like I, I just I remember church. I remember it being in the part of the NAACP Youth League. I remember being um, I don't even know if that's a thing anymore, but my grandmother was very adamant about me being involved. I'm going to pay that ten dollar dues and you're going to go to this <laughs> meeting. Right. Yeah. Um, and it was like all those things, church, NAACP, family uh, that sort of gave me that grounding. Uh, I didn't quite know, you know, as a kid, you're a little right. bit more naive. But as right. I've gotten older, I was like, no, this system ain't, something ain't right, right? right. So, right. Something's, something's a little, something ain't right. It shouldn't be this difficult for me to make it through college. It mm-hmm. shouldn't be this difficult for me to get to this point. Right. And so that's what sparked my interest. And I think what I can look at certain milestones over the course of my life mm-hmm. and point to that. Like I can remember being a high school teacher. And when I taught high school, I realized that all the black kids were, you know, like in Georgia, the, the thing was, oh, get a, get a Hope Scholarship, right? Mm-hmm. But they weren't really preparing the students to go to college and be successful. And mm-hmm. so, and, and then I realized that there were also a lot of black and brown teachers who were getting degrees online or not online. Let me, let me rephrase that. They were getting degrees overnight. <laughs> they were they were they were going to degree mills getting degrees mm-hmm. so that way they can get pay bumps because in, in at least in DeKalb County when I worked in DeKalb County you were in a different pay grade depending on uh the mm. type of degree that you had and so when I started I graduated from Morehouse went to DeKalb County started handing in my paperwork to start teaching and somebody said oh yeah well look uh girl you can go online and get your specialist in about three months and that'll actually put you in the next pay grade and then uh, I know I know a person who's working on their doctorate at such and such, and um, they they got it in about six months, and so then that puts you in the top pay grade. And so people were, and and I don't I don't blame these folks, right? These were our right. people. These were right. black and brown people who were doing this, but they realized that the only way they can get paid more was is is if they were to get these credentials, right? Um, but we were suffering. Our kids were suffering. Right. Mm-hmm. We were sending these kids to college, these black and brown students to college, and they were ill prepared to be successful. So while we sent them off, we see them in six months because they dropped out after the first semester. Right. Mm-hmm. And so something said, OK, there's a larger problem right. and I need to fix it. 
And right. so that's what that's what I think was the catalyst for me uh, saying, OK, how do I jump into this space? Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember going to my principal and I'll shut up. And so you guys know the question, but no, I can remember I remember going to my principal and saying, excuse me, um, hey, I'm going to resign after the end of this year. Uh, I'm going to go to grad school. Uh, I want to get my Ph.D. Um, and she was like, uh, close my door. So I was like, oh, boy, I was like, here we go. <laughs> I was like, what's going to happen? So she was like, I'll sign off on this, but I have to ask you a question. Where are you going? You're not going to one of those places where you get a degree in six months, are you? And so I said, mm-hmm. no, I'm, I'm actually going to UGA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was like, I'm, I'm going to UGA to get my degree. That's where, you know, that's where I've I, I already scouted mm-hmm. out. I've, it was between Indiana and UGA. I decided on UGA. She's mm-hmm. then said, huh, you still in that save a hoe phase. <laughs> and so I was like, well, yeah, I think I can. I think I can, right? I, shouldn't we be trying to save these? Everybody, right, we? right. <laughs> so I, I, I think that over the course of my life, there have been constant reminders that I should be doing this work, um, mm-hmm. because the work is still like even now, it's still not solved for. Right, like it. I, I'm 20 years out of high school, but we still mm-hmm. talking about the same things we were talking about before. Right. Right, it's just changed, right? It's modernized. We have technology now, so it's it's, it's a little different. We we can say that we can we can articulate the problem better and quicker because we have the technology. Exactly, to do it. with 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 a, with a GIF, right? <laughs> Man, that's unfortunate. So so let's talk about a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about the work that you do now, like where you are now. All right. Right. So uh, presently, I'm a program officer at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Uh, I sit on the post-secondary success team um, and more, I guess if you narrow in a little bit more, I sit on our delivery team. However, uh, right now we're sort of executing a strategy to eradicate race and income as being predictors of a person's success. Uh, and so we're doing that by making strategic investments uh, that would ultimately show that you can scale institutional transformation across a certain number of institutions uh, and also by providing public goods uh, that can be used by the field to spark and shepherd transformation. Um, I I got there. I've been here about a year now. Uh, before that, I worked at another philanthropy. Uh, before mm-hmm. that, I worked at another uh, mm-hmm. at, at a bunch of uh, organizations. UNCF, shout out to the Black Colleges, um, ATD, Achieving the Dream Community Colleges, mm-hmm. APLU, the Association of Public and Land Grant Universities, Land Grants, 1890, shout out to you all as well, uh, as well as the Southern Education Foundation. Um, and so, yeah, I and so I, I, that's been my career and it's helped me sort of, it helped me tremendously in my current role uh, because a lot of the work that we're doing now uh, centers on using intermediary organizations as the uh, pass through or the sort of uh, catalyst for change at institutions. Um, because as a foundation, no foundation has money to give all schools money, right? If you look at the total universe of institutions of higher education, we're looking at what about uh, last I looked, probably a little under 7,000 institutions. Um, if you look at those 7,000, who has money to give all those 7,000 to actually spark transformation, right? Right. And so the idea is how do you begin to say, uh, let's use these intermediaries, let's use a UNCF, 
and across their network, they'll be able to build up these institutions so that they can do this work uh, and do it well and improve outcomes for students. And when I say outcomes, I don't just mean getting in. I mean, getting in, being successful and then getting out and getting a job that's going to give you a meaningful life. Right. And that's the whole process, like as opposed to just graduating or just getting in. That's really that's an important distinction. It, and, and hence, I didn't say income, right? Because I think income is relative. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm, well, I'm all about the coin. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but I, I think that I don't want to put the pressure on anyone to say that a graduate should be making X number of dollars once they graduate. I, when I graduated from Morehouse, I was teaching, I was making $36,000. And you couldn't tell me I wasn't making a lot of money. Balling. You could not. Oh, yeah. Balling. You it's could crazy. not tell me that I wasn't making money, right? It's money falling uh, and out. So, and so that's why I say it's it's relative. I think mm -hmm. it's it's making enough money so that you can have a life that you want. That's mm -hmm. important, right? right. Uh, not saying, okay, a student needs to graduate and they need to make X. Um, right. And I feel like when we do that, we're sort of promoting uh, whiteness as a, as a, I guess, a benchmark of success. Right. So if white students are graduating and they're making X number of dollars when they graduate, that means that black and Latino students need to be making X when they graduate in order for them to be successful. If white students are graduating, they're going to, you know, Deloitte and PricewaterhouseCoopers uh, right. when they graduate. Then if black students aren't going to those firms, then they, they are they're not successful. But right. what if a black person just wanted to be a teacher? Right. 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 And what if they wanted to make that $36,000 and, and been fine right. with that, right? And, li and live life, la vida loca. Abundantly, like abundantly. <laughs> right. that's, that's, no, and that's really important to understand that, that when we set up whiteness as the yardstick for success, you're already um, stacking the, get, the deck against whoever you're making the comparison to because there may not be the same goals or aspirations. But or why are they? Why are why why are they the barometer of success, right? Like, is that success though? Wait, wait, wait exactly. Wait, exactly. Is I mean, because you have like so you know, like some people I know in, in MA in finance doing 80 hours or 80 hours a work week, they're making good money, but but they first they of all they don't have no life. They look a mess. They look a hot ass mess. They, I mean, they pop their social skills probably are all off, right? Exactly. Uh, like, and I'm like, I don't want that. I mean, I just want a little work life balance. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember that because I, at first, you know, when I when I first started um, college, you know, I'm, I wanted to become watch this now an accountant, right? A accountant. Why? Because as so many of us have heard throughout our lives. If you get this degree, then you'll get a job. You'll mm -hmm. always be employable. It's all and it, it never mind what your particular skill set was, gifting is, calling is. You know, we you, we go in with these preconceived notions of I need to get that because they say that's valuable. So if I do that, then I'll be successful. And I think that's something that we we absolutely need to to talk about more you know because you, you we send our kids into these programs with a misconstrued idea of what success looks like because it's not only that people are putting on these problematic definitions of what success will look like we accept them mm -hmm. right so i'm going in there to become an accountant it took two semesters for me to say uh so 
I don't want to spend all this time trying to figure out why this account doesn't match this account. And I got to sit there and tick and tie and find where that five cents. I said, that's not, I don't care if that's a, what people say, that's a good job. I, that's not me. And some people love that. That's cool. But for me, there was, you know, it was a, it was a matter of self-discovery. Like I, I can't chase other people's idea of what success looks like. And I think we should definitely highlight that the more because you have people going in, especially now, and, and there's not that, not that there's anything wrong with, you know, STEM, right? Because science, technology, engineering, mm -hmm. math, like everybody, you know, they're saying, and there's a lot of money for it. There's a lot of resources being allocated toward it, but everybody doesn't want to do that and shouldn't have to pigeonhole themselves into what people say, oh, that's a good thing. We have to find our calling, find something that brings us happiness and, you know, takes care of our needs. Well, I mean, let's give credit though to the elders because the elders were pretty much telling you what they knew, right? The elders were saying, right, right. This, uh, the elders were saying, become a post worker, right? Postal worker, because you get Talk good benefits, it. right? Talk the elders were saying, hey, garbage men get good benefits and they be finding shit on the streets, right? Talk uh, about so it. you should go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wait, so, postman, garbage, uh, uh, sanitation, like go take that test. Yes. Like, what? Listen, you may not be called for seven years, but, but when they call but, you, you're gonna have a firefighter was another one. I remember, right, I remember right. my 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 best friend in high school, his uncle was trying to get us to actually sign up to be firefighters while we were in high school. See that because he was like, Yeah, I can make some extra money, mm -hmm. uh, and you get benefits. I was like, Hey, who thinking about benefits? I mean, I'm not even 18 yet. Like, <laughs> Right. But I'm glad that you didn't go into accounting. Um, I remember in I remember in undergrad, I, there was some report that came out and it was talking about like 34 percent of accountants suffer from depression and anxiety. Um, and then it was like at, at least about, I don't know, 70 percent of those uh, who reported suffering from depression and anxiety. Also, it, it spewed into their work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so and uh, there I mean, I think and. At the end of the day, every profession probably has a number of folks that suffer from depression mm -hmm. and anxiety as a result right. of the work. Mm -hmm. um, but I was like, I remember that. And I was like, mm, I, I don't, I, first of all, I'm too much of a people person to be sitting in some room crunching some right. numbers. Right. I'm like, y'all going to come in and find me sleep. I, right. I'm going to be like, I'm just going to take a little nap. <laughs> that, that, that was a clear, a clear case of mismatching skill set and gifting with occupation. Because I was sitting there and I'm like, you know. Wait, I gotta search through this account because this account's off and what accounts payable, accounts receivable, look at the financials. I was like, eh, I want to talk to somebody. <laughs> I want to say, so, you know, I want to interact with people. Like, look, truth be told, those numbers, accountants, those accountants are usually wild people when they when they when they off the when they like <laughs> so I I the accountants at the organizations I work for, they 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 were some wild folks. <laughs> Shout out. So all of the accountants, out all there, of the accountants, the black accountants, too. And we appreciate you. <laughs> so now, since we talked about success, why don't you just share with with the listeners um, what success will be for you five, 10 years from now? What does that look like? How how will Dr. Keys turn around and say when he does his internal evaluation? How, what what will have happened that he can say 
or will say, either I, yeah, let's say I was successful. So I struggle with this question uh, often. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> so I didn't know this was about to become, become a therapy session. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about it, family. Let's talk about it. All right. So <laughs> when I think about this, um, I still have a desire to change this world, right? I still have a desire. When I look back five, 10, 15 years from now, I'm hoping to possibly be leading a foundation of some sort to continue to advance the work that I'm doing around philanthropy and funding ideas and strategies that will improve the lives of Black and Latino and Indigenous and low-income students. Um, I see myself in that space. Like, that's important to me. It's important to continue to know I need to be there to fight that good fight. Um, and even further, I would say success also to me means that at some point I'll be having uh, kids who will continue to take the baton mm -hmm. and will continue on this journey of trying to change this world, right? Mm -hmm. um, I see that to me is probably my ultimate measure of success. Like when I, if I can look back and see my kids saying, all right, go ahead and sit down now. Uh, you good. I got this. I got, I got this. I'm like, all right, I did something right. But, and I still, and I see that now. So I, I like, I have former students who come back to me and I'm like, damn, I'm so proud of you. Like, like you, you, you're, you're doing, you're doing it. You're, you're independent. You know, they say the biggest uh, reward for most parents is that they just want to make sure their kids can do well. Right. They just want to make sure their kids can live and breathe mm -hmm. uh, and take care of themselves. Yes. Um, I, I, I have the same feeling for my students. Um, I have the same feeling for my mentees. I have the same feeling for every, like, I just want to make sure that we all can go out into this world and thrive and be our authentic self while we're doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that to me, if I can solve that equation, mm -hmm. then I, I'm successful. Right. Um, but I think that from a career standpoint, if I can get to a place where I'm helping to uh, shift resources into spaces so that this work can be done, mm -hmm. then I also see that as success, right? And so um, it meet more immediately, I would say, I want to lead a foundation, mm -hmm. right? I want right. to lead a foundation and do some good work okay. uh, on, a, on a national scale. Okay. Um, and when it's time for me to go ahead and and just you know sit in my rocking chair, I want to be able to be a pass the baton to my kids or my makeshift kids to <laughs> to say, all right, you take it from here. That's, um, that's to me, that's what I look at as success. Mm. So to uh, we can keep going and going. This is a beautiful conversation, and I, and I knew it would be. That's why I had to have you on here. Um, I want you to tell me about. So there's a kid that was trying to figure out what was beyond those trees, right? And and hopefully he feels like he has found out that there's that there's something going on beyond those trees. There are young, young, both men and women, but that are in places and spaces right now where they are looking at their four block radius, right? As as their universe, it's their world. Or this six block radius, you know, we, we call it, you know, hugging the block, like they're repping their hood, their, their, their space, 
right? And all they see is, you know, that radius, that, that four, six, eight block radius. If they happen to be listening, right, um, to this, to this podcast, what would you like to tell them um, at this moment in time? I'll give them some advice that was given to me by my one of my eighth grade teachers, uh, Marquette Burgess. He said to me, he wrote in my eighth grade yearbook that your potential is unlimited, but you have to see it. Mm. Right. Um, it at, at the end of the day, it doesn't. Everybody can tell you that. But until you see it, is when you start to enact, right? You you you, you transform, and so I, I I guess I'll add on to that by saying the potential you have is endless, right? It's it's there. You have to dive into it. You have to work for it. Nothing comes easy, right? There are going to be times when you want to give up. There are going to be times where you want to throw in the towel. But there's still work to be done, right? And if and and if you don't solve it, then who? <laughs> right. right. And 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 if you let other people solve it, then it might not work out in your favor. Right. So if you you know if it be the change that you seek, right? If right. you want to, if you want to change it, change it, right? Right. But you got it. You got it. You got to. You got to get in there. Right. right. You got to get into the game. You can't be a sideline player, right? You can't be a, a coach in in the in the in the bleachers yelling out plays, right? No. If you want it done go in and, and play right mm-hmm. and be prepared that you're going to fall mm-hmm. you might break a bone or two <laughs> you, you might you might get a nosebleed right right like, but it's but it's okay you're going to get up you're going to dust yourself off and you're going to be all right that's what's right up. i think that's that's what i would sort of tell but stemming from marquette burgess mr burgess excuse me um, <laughs> and it's stemming from his comment to me just around potential being unlimited i didn't right. know right i didn't know that my potential i didn't i didn't know i had potential and mm-hmm. a lot, i think a lot of a lot of people are sitting there not thinking that they're good enough and that right. but they are because mm-hmm. trust me people who aren't good enough are getting in there and putting their name in the hat for things that they ain't supposed to be doing uh, and, and getting it, and getting it. I was, and, I was and, waiting for that and, part, and, 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 and making decisions that they don't know nothing about. Right, right. You got to, yeah. No, that that that's a very true statement. So I'm gonna push you a little further before we call it a, a an evening. So that's the conversation that you would have with the young man looking beyond the trees, right? Here's what would you say to those because. I think it's there's two sides to this equation, mm-hmm. right? There are those that have made it, mm-hmm. right? There are those that are on the other side and may not understand the importance of revisiting the identity and experiences that 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 you know preceded their success. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the I have a name for them, but I'm not gonna use it. What would you say to those who have made it and have yet to invest? in giving back or reaching back what are they missing it's 
it gets lonely at the top. It, it definitely does. It gets lonely. You look around and you see none of the people that you grew up with. Mm. You see none of the people that helped get you there. Right, right. All you see are these new faces. Mm. Don't think that those new faces won't stab you in the back and 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 and, and right. just take you and, and and do whatever they have to do with you uh, when they're done with you, right? And so I think it's always important, regardless of how how big you get, to stay grounded. Find areas to stay grounded, and it doesn't take much to give back, right? It right. doesn't take much to get on the phone with uh, with a young uh, a young young man or a young woman uh, to say, you know, hey, how can I help you? What advice do you need? Right? That's a form of giving back. It doesn't it doesn't take a lot. It actually takes more for you to choose not to give back, <laughs> right. right? Than it does for you to actually give back. And so I think that there are many ways to do it, but just remember, like you weren't always there, and you may not always be there. And, and so you may you, not always be there. And you may not always be there, right? And so you want to make sure that you're cultivating both sides of your life, right? The part that got you there as well as the and sustain the part of where you are. And so it, it, the work is not done. Like, don't get too comfortable. There's a song by uh, Babyface and Lil Wayne. <laughs> uh, I think that's what he's called. I'm not aging myself again. But it was like, don't get too comfortable. Don't, get don't too ever get too comfortable. Um. It's and the work isn't always you, you're always going to be working, Dr. Samad. Please, thank you. Oh, thank so you very much for this beautiful time of sharing and 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 just enlightening um conversation. Man, you're amazing. I appreciate your time, I appreciate your intellectual capital, I appreciate your excellence. Thank you so much. And thank you out there, my listeners, my watchers. But obviously, the value that you've just been given, Dr. Keats, you understand why we're here. Thank, thank you, you so I, very much, man. I, I so appreciate this. I, you know, I've always been an avid supporter of your work. Um, and so, yes, and uh, I'm more than happy to share my contact information. Um, I'm let's see which one. Where do we find you? Tell the people. I was like, I'm, I'm not giving y'all my phone number, but I will, (laughs) but I will, but I will, but I will give you, uh, my email, uh, which is my first name, S A M A A D dot K E Y S, uh, at gatesfoundation.org. I'll give you the work email. Uh, And you, you can always reach me on Twitter at, uh, S W keys, uh, S W K E Y S. Um, and you can DM me there or hit me up there as well. That's what's up. Thank you so much. Y'all have a good evening. Peace.